Hi, welcome to the Mama Advocate Podcast. This is a safe place for adoptive and special needs mamas to feel less alone and find community amidst their unconventional journeys. Here, you're going to find authentic conversations for me and my guest who are parenting fully in the weeds with you. Our goal is to empower and encourage you to be the best mama you can be as you advocate for your people. Awesome. Philip Clark, I'm so glad to have you with us today talking about planning for the future of our little people. And um, I mean, I want you to dive in. I'm not going to say another word. Will you basically just repeat everything you just said to me (laughs) about what you do? So uh, I got my start in this planning industry and journey because of my sister. My younger sister, Sarah, is uh, 32 years old, and she's the reason I have a unique view of planning, I believe, should be. And as I was mentioning, I've been in the industry for 12, 13 years at this point. And very early in my career, I found that the planning conversation, and especially plan, was only focused on what happens when my parents pass away. And that was where the conversation started, and that's where the conversation stopped. And I realized that those conversations need to be had. We need to have a plan for the what is in life. But I also looked at that from a proud big brother standpoint. And I said, no, I believe the special, the, the planning conversations should be focused on my sister. It should be focused on the loved ones that we are planning for and helping them create the lives that allow them to feel happy and fulfilled and purposeful today and every day in the future. You know, going back to my sister and my family's planning journey, my sister's plan shouldn't start the day my parents pass away. My sister's plan for her life should start today. And so our planning conversations are focused on the all the abundance that life has to offer for our loved ones based on their own unique abilities and their hopes and their dreams. I love that so much. And as I was saying a second ago, like I've just focused on, I think about what if I die? How is everyone going to live? How is everyone going to survive? We need to make sure that they're taken care of and out on the streets, right? Um, and I've never thought about the piece of them actually enjoying life, which sounds horrible now that I say it out loud, but it's just never even crossed my mind. Um, would you kind of walk through the process of where you even start with that conversation with families? Yeah, my favorite piece of the planning process, we start with creating a vision plan for our ones. What is that unique vision of abundance that we have? Every family is so unique. Uh, what success looks like for our livings is unique to that individual and that family. And so I love learning about why are we even having this conversation? Why are we planning? What does that abundance life look like for um, the individual planning for? And that gives us a sense of every single planning decision we make in the future. For example, we're making this decision, is that getting us closer to living this life of fulfillment for your loved If the answer is yes, it's probably a good decision. If it's not, we probably need to go back to the drawing board. And so that vision plan is the uh, centerpiece of every plan that we create, just understanding what success looks like. How do you, how do you approach the family that really doesn't have anybody on their team? And it's just, it's just mom and dad and a kiddo that needs help in the future if they pass away. Like that's kind of the core thing is somebody needs to help take care of them. How do you approach that at all? Cause our, our plan has a whole lot of people involved in it, right? So people taking care of them, people taking care of the money, like all of the different aspects 
but I often think about those that don't really have anyone who are, who's willing to step in and take care of them. Sure. But, and the thought of like putting them in a home or something like that is like, that's not their best life. Sure. But the homes that I imagine, I'm sure there's great ones out there, but how do you kind of approach that with them and help them think through that? Yeah, it takes creativity when uh, we face that situation. We see that situation quite frequently with families who say, we, we are alone in this journey. And everybody knows they need a team. They need a team for today, but they also need a team for the future. And so helping them think through and brainstorm the relationships in their life that they might have overlooked, that might be eager and willing to be part of that team is so critical. And I tell families, Oftentimes it's a, a tough conversation to ask somebody. If something happened to me, would you be willing to love, care, and support a child or a loved one? That's a tough conversation if it's a very far removed family member or friend. However, I tell families if we have a plan set in stone, if we know exactly what this plan is going to look like, especially when you figure out the financial planning aspects that are so important in creating security and peace of mind. That conversation becomes so much easier to have. It now becomes a conversation of we have plans set. All we ask is that you love and provide opportunities for us. And that just lowers that barrier and the conversation becomes so much easier. And I think more people are eager and willing to say yes than what most families think. But it takes some creativity and understanding who are those relationships in the community and groups you're a part of. I love that idea. Again, I'm a lot more willing to say yes if somebody's done the legwork for me. And it's like, you just have to do this. And I'm like, oh, okay, I can do that. That makes sense. Well, one of the biggest fears that I see with families who are being on that receiving end of asking that question, would you be named in our will as a successor guardian, is what does that mean for my family financially? And if the parents have already taken care of that question, then it's, of course, I would love and care for yeah okay so we have like kind of the will let's pretend we have the will side of things the estate planning side i realize the will is just kind of a small piece of it but we have this estate planning side of things what is what is the getting the programs and getting the housing and what is like all of that planning look like again it takes creativity because every family every individual is so unique and every state and area that we're family planning in is different too as far as what opportunities are there. So again, I'm going to go back to it starts with that vision plan. It starts with understanding what does success look like, what does fulfillment look like, what does purpose look like for our loved ones. And from there we're finding resources and opportunities for job placements or volunteer experiences or future housing and living environments. We've got to go back to is this aligned with what this vision of success is? And the future housing questions and considerations are always tough because the stereotypical group homes, although there's plenty of amazing ones out there, many families are very careful, understandably, about how we're making these decisions. And so we've got to make sure that we're doing due diligence to make sure that the living environment is suitable and is. Um, Conducted to conducted to growth and um, future opportunities for our loved ones. When you're thinking through that, does that look like? So my people right now are ten, nine, and eight, and they all have fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, and so that comes with a lot of 
decisions that don't make a lot of sense or in the kindest way possible, prisons are full of people with FASD. <laughs> and so my biggest goal is like, let's keep them out of prison. That sounds like a great bar to have, right? All that to say, like I'm far from thinking about where, like what home I need to be interviewing or what, like when do you plan all of that? Because they're 10 now and thinking about their best life when you're saying that, I'm like, well, if they could just stay out of prison, that would be lovely, right? Sure, sure. <laughs> I don't know, what what is that? Is Should my focus be more on who who do I trust to help make those decisions and do that legwork and putting that person in play? Or is it me going out and looking at these homes already 10, 15 years out? Yeah, I think it's, if you're 10, 15 years out, it's a tough conversation, right? Because things change. The homes that are, might be a perfect solution today might not be that perfect solution 15 years from now. So I think envisioning what that perfect solution is and, find, and researching those options and knowing which ones fit that criteria are great, but not being so rigid in the plan and saying, this is what 15 years from now looks like. The vision plan changes over time. The expectations and hopes and the dreams and the goals and the challenges are always going to evolve. And so every single year, I encourage families to revisit that vision revisit what purpose and fulfillment, happiness, and security looks like for our loved ones. And then as that evolves, it makes those next steps of the planning journey easier because we understand that that vision plan is current. I mean, I love this so much. I'm going to have to go like sit down and brainstorm and think of a better life for my children. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Now you work with families one-on-one -on -one all over the country? We do. We started just working with families here in central Indiana, where we're headquartered out of, and very quickly families from across the country started listening to our podcasts and our blogs and saying, your unique approach is what we've been looking for. How do we work with you? So now we've, uh, over the course of seven, eight years, built an entire team that serves families from across the country. We actually have a couple families who are international at this point that we are working with and guiding through these tough conversations. but ultimately striving for giving families peace of mind. Uh, peace of mind to know that they're doing everything in their power today to plan for an amazing future for their, for their loved ones. Okay, as I'm tearing up as you're talking about that, I'm sure that you have people in your office every day just crying and saying, thank you so much for what you're doing. I feel like what a blessing to bring that peace to a family. And then also like giving those, whoever these kids are, a life that's, purposeful and fun and meaningful for them. I feel like that's, I really should not be crying. I'm so sorry. Um, I feel like that's such a huge gift. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's my passion because of my sister. My sister's changed my life in so many amazing ways. I wouldn't be the person I am today without her. She's such a blessing in, in our family's life, but that peace of mind is what I want families to have. That they're not just planning for a mediocre future and protecting you for what they're planning for abundance for our loved well, Philip, I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me and for telling us about what you do and kind of the big picture of how we should be thinking about planning. I think I, what you guys have going on is just amazing. And that coffee cup right there, <laughs> that's where people can find you, right? So this is actually, yes, um, this is the financial planning firm that we enable, especially planning is associated with. Um, they can find me directly at enable. SNP, so especially planning.com. So enable SNP.com. Perfect. 
Hey, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Laura.